gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good, then. Well, then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine and, and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. It's, it's a podcast. podcast. Hello and welcome to Fighting in the War Room, episode 96, the review segment for Friday, November 20th, 2015. It's just me and Matt Patches right now. We're the only ones brave enough to see The Hunger Games. We have Monday, submitted ourselves as part two. tributes to That's the whole thing that they say. What do they say? That's kind of like a that's like an original Hunger Games joke. Like that that's not really relevant to Mockingjay. Well, they actually make reference to oh, I should have uh, swapped that's in true. for you as a that's tribute. True. So and then they walk tribute uh, lane or whatever it's called. Oh yeah, that's true. Right next to Starving Boulevard and <laughs> other yeah. famous Capitol streets. I mean, let's first things first. Was there enough hunger in this movie? Um, no, there was barely any eating. I want to say, yeah. I'm trying to think of what they eat. There isn't a lot of time for eating, um, you know what's despite them going on a many-day mission. In the books, there are these really remarkable descriptions of food. Like, I don't think the writing in the books is that spectacular, but the way it describes food is really great. And the movies have really done nothing with that. It's such a weird shame. I miss, like, all these loving descriptions of food. Well, the first movie didn't have the budget to actually have extravagant food. And by no, the time they, they got were to li- two... they were... Even the cast and crew were literally... Starving. Hungry. Yeah. Oh, hungry. Yeah, that would be a better way of No, it's not, it. not the Starving Game. The Starving Game is my favorite... Friedberg and uh, Yeah. Uh, all right. So Mockingjay, this is the last <laughs> in the series. Finally! Uh, yeah. It is uh, the second part of the last book in the series, which I think anyone who read them would uh, agree kind of goes really crazy at the end. And uh, the book is incre- or the movie is incredibly faithful to the book. I think we can get into a spoiler section toward the end if we want to get into detail, but uh, it ends basically exactly the same way the books do. You've got uh, Katniss with the rebels from District 13 getting ready to storm the Capitol, and she's still kind of a propaganda machine, and she's trying to get in there and fight. She really wants to kill President Snow, who's played by Donald Sutherland, who's kind of the... Uh, the main nemesis, uh, Peta, as uh, we saw at the end of the last movie, he returned from the Capitol having been brainwashed, and he tried to strangle Katniss, which I thought was a pretty neat little cliffhanger that they ended on. Um, Especially kind of, after in, like two hours of nothing happening, it was a real yeah. way to kick it in the ass. Yeah, I, I really can't remember anything that happened in the uh, first Mockingjay movie. Well, they go to that uh, destroyed city and film some... Propos or whatever. Propos. Propos. And then they uh, go home. That's people say. Talk. Go back to that same destroyed city. <laughs> film some talk more some Propos. More. Uh, go home. And then go back to that city. And then blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So on and so forth. Uh, so in this one, they kind of get to the fireworks factory. They get to the big battle huh. at the end of the series. Kind of the whole thing. The whole thing's been leading up to. And uh, surprise, they've set up all these traps within the capital to trap them. So it's like another Hunger Games manages to be the arena all over again it's also um, this like this really scary episode of are you afraid of the dark where he's like trapped in a mall and he keeps being chased <laughs> by different things but then you realize he's in a pinball machine oh wow <laughs> yeah. i don't remember that one that was more uh, fun than this there was definitely a moment where it kind of started feeling like a horror movie and i uh, i did not sign up for that because i don't like horror movies. you turned to me and said i did not sign up for this yeah i did i did not volunteer tribute to see hunger games the horror movie um, so this movie is very long. It is a good, solid two hours and 15 minutes long. I, as someone who read the books, as someone who was reasonably attached to these characters and who knew how things were going to turn out and kind of 
you know, was basically watching along as the things happened that I knew was going to. I was relatively engaged by it. There were definitely parts where I was kind of ready to get moving, but I don't feel like this movie is a complete failure, just pretty unimaginative direct transcription of the book. Uh, the fact is you seem to be ready to crawl out of your skin. Well, I first want to say that I want to take this movie as seriously as it takes itself. Uh, sure. It believes that it has something to say about the morals of, of war and politics and, and heroics. Um, and it has things on its mind. It definitely does. Uh, unfortunately, as you mentioned that, uh, you know, this movie after a really boring first part goes to the fireworks factory. No, it does not. <laughs> well, Nothing I mean, it, happens. They are in the fireworks factory. Just what, ha- what we see. They were taking there. the, uh, yes, they were taking the guided tour of the fireworks factory <laughs> uh, and everything was behind glass and never went off. Um, yeah. Nothing really happens in this movie either. It's very strange. I now, mean, okay. Katniss, that's not like accurate. That's not accurate. It's pretty Things accurate. Happen. Well, Katniss just doesn't necessarily do them. Right. So this has been the franchise's, you know, overarching problem. Katniss is a passive hero. She's noble for that. You know, in the first movie, she's in a tournament where you have to kill your your fellow kid, kill your fellow man, killed. fellow girl, um, and she does not. She chooses to not kill, and that's how she wins. And in the second movies, it's exactly the same thing. In the third movies, she's really resisting being the hero, kind of going on tour in this way. She doesn't kill. Uh, and in this movie, she decides, I'm going to kill. <laughs> I'm going to assassinate a sitting president <laughs> in a rebellion. Uh, I'm going to just go. I'm going to go rogue because I don't even trust the team that I'm on anymore. Yeah, she does not trust Julianne Moore, President Coyne, with uh, the most severe haircut this side of Anna Wintour. It is, it is very <laughs> Wintour-ish. Um, but, but this decision comes from – it does not come from a realistic place. It doesn't come from – uh, Josh Hutcherson as PETA coming back. You know, there are some early scenes where he's suffering from PTSD. He's struggling with an understanding what has been planted in his head, what is true, what is false. They have this game that they play where he says real or not real and he gets answers. And his whole thing is what is true and who can you really trust? And the answer is no one. And not really Katniss either, but that is not something they get into. Um, so, yeah, the buildup here. It's it's not coming from an emotional place for me because I've never had a chance to connect to these characters. It's really been spinning in circles from minute one. I have no, you know, there's I guess there's a love triangle. We we don't know if Katniss loves Peta or does she have true feelings for Gale. None of it seems realistic to me. Um, and all three parties involved in this love triangle seem very vicious and emotionally problematic uh, in a way yes. that the the movie's not ready to confront that. So the drama is inert and pretty stale from beginning to end and by beginning a franchise to end a franchise. Um, well, there is a whole thing about this being a franchise about someone who's suffering from PTSD. Like Katniss has been really traumatized by what happened to her in the Hunger Games, which is why she is so, you know, she wants to take down the president. Like she's willing to make sure it doesn't happen to anybody else again. But you're right. It doesn't really have a good language for dealing with that at all. Yeah, like so it wants with, her to be a more traditional heroine than that. Without a, a, a real emotional core or character core, this movie has to become just about its plot and just become about the mechanics of war and answering questions about what it takes to fix this huge problem, this dystopian society. How do you undo it all? And Katniss decides it's just to go rogue and, you know, she's going to kill the president. 
And that journey takes in a very, very long time without much payoff. And we can talk spoilers in a second. But for me, this movie is, you know, they keep mentioning the game maker, right? That's a position in the capital. The people who design the Hunger Games, um, they're so maniacal. They're so diabolical that uh, even when uh, they're they're facing this rebellion, they're going to put it on camera and fuck with them for the amusement of the people. It's all about propaganda. And for me, this movie is propaganda in a way. It's it's all the design of a game maker. Um, maybe that's Francis Lawrence who directs it in a very straightforward manner. Absolutely no style and no artfulness to. I mean, as I said, I think this movie has a lot on its mind. And the problem is it yeah it takes no stylistic approach. It has no artfulness. And so, but I can't totally put the blame on Francis Lawrence. People wrote this script. This guy Peter Craig, he wrote previous hunger games and danny strong who they brought in empire guy or uh some political uh, hbo films yeah game change yeah to to kind of up the politics i would assume um but all of these people are accountable for making this movie void of of any real it's it's not it never reckons with the political messages so it just becomes game making it so what are its political messages do you think well, this is well, I think that's when we really have to talk about spoilers. But okay. by, you know, this movie is going to be shaded by the events of the last week. I'll, I'll tell sure. you that much. Uh, everything that's happened in Paris, everything about and, and including the retaliation from uh, France and America, all of this, how war springs up and how opinions, you know, send people into barrel rolls into each other. Um, it's it's all one continuous downward spiral And this movie confronts that in a way just by its nature, but it never goes an extra step. It's not answering these questions at all, and there's no epiphany. I don't think Katniss learns anything in this movie, and that's the the hardest part of watching it, that it's really just about these stale action scenes, which there aren't a lot of. There's one great big fight scene in kind of an underwater or a sewer setting versus the, uh, what are they, mutts? Yeah, mutts. Which are basically like, Francis. Mutations, like zombies. Oh, God. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. I th- yeah, mutt but I mean, dogs. They're, they're kind of. Didn't they the look more like dogs of, in the first one? Yeah, and in the books, they're kind of supposed to be like embodiments of humans who they might know. It's really, it's weird. This one, they just look like the, like Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth zombies, like uh, which is unfortunate. Brain. Like if they looked like people they knew, that's. That's a terrifying notion, too, that, that, that the capital dare repurpose their own people to become mutant soldiers. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, instead, this is Francis Lawrence basically doing over um, I, am I Am Legend zombies again, but with more high-tech uh, CG. It, it looks really good. That fight scene is pretty good. But this is a five-minute stretch, and there's a whole other scene where they're outrunning, like, sludge, toxic sludge. This is just like more gimmicks. This is not about anything. And this it's the second time where uh, Katniss is being followed by a, a, a film crew to, like, track her every move and become a propaganda figure again. The Mockingjay. Oh, ah. It's so boring. It's so repetitive. Nothing 
They never advance the story in this movie, and you're begging them to time and time again. There's so many characters. Hey, Mitch, Woody Harrelson, what are you doing? What is what what do you what is purpose do you serve in this movie? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, I mean, you want to see him act? Like, why is he in this movie? Well, and I know because, his part I mean, was cut barely, short yeah, a little, but in it. but not really. Like, where would he fit more? Like, you don't. There's fit a couple more of, of him. scenes where Woody Harrelson is like, Plutarch told me to tell you. This. Okay, there's one. No, there's two. Layering there's scene. Like, Yes. Yeah, at the very end. But like Julianne Moore, Finnick, Sam Claflin, good actor. Uh, yeah. There's a, for some reason he gets married in this movie. Huh? What? Like why? Yeah. <laughs> why is you all this stuff reunited happening? With uh, with his lady love in the previous movie. Or like Elizabeth Banks. You know, they up they they give Effie's not even in the third book. My understanding, yeah, and that, they dies. made a big deal about she that. She kind of just disappears. Right. They made a big deal about that in the the first part. Uh, you know, they want her to have a greater attachment to Katniss, a, a real relationship. She's not even in, like, she has two scenes in this movie. She's not important. No one is important. Not even Gail and Peta, who are supposed to be these close confidants of her. I mean, Gail has a great line in the beginning of the movie. Uh, Katniss is freaking out. She doesn't know, she can't even look at Peta because he is, still wants to strangle her. And he, she kisses Gail to find yeah. comfort. He's like, that's like kissing someone who's drunk. And that should, like, land. That should stick. Well, that moment means something. Extrapolate that. You're waiting for yeah, all these dramatic beats. on this for us, please. Yeah, just to have one moment. Like, what? so what What worked for you in this I think movie? That there is a development for Katniss and Peeta because of the way that she's trying to learn how to trust him again. Like, I think that you feel the impact of him trying to strangle her. You feel his kind of... Uh, reluctance to rejoin society and him trying to figure out who he is again. I think that really has a nice movement to it. And when she kind of helps bring him back to himself, it's a shame that that doesn't really have any resolution in the end of the movie. Like he's basically gone for the last 20 minutes, but that's because of, you know, a failure in the way that this, the story is structured in the book. Um, But I do like, I think Jennifer Lawrence all along has been this really important anchor for this series for kind of expressing the internal life of this really complicated character who is, you know, written in the books in this way that makes you really not be able to stand her by the end. And Jennifer Lawrence kind of accomplishes a lot of that headstrongness and, you know, sometimes being wrong about stuff without having to, you know, speak out loud a lot of the crap that Katniss gets stuck saying in the books. She has one good scene in the movie. She has only one. Um, Kind of early on in the movie, I guess they're trying to convince other districts to join the rebellion. Am I correct in that? Yeah, well, they're trying to convince people who are, like, still loyal to the capital to uh, be on their side. Right, right, right. So, yeah, they're – which it's so confusing, you know? (laughs) Like, I don't remember exactly what happened in part – I did not watch part one immediately before this. So maybe there are some things that are obvious if you are watching them back-to-back. But, you know, they – have huge hurdles to pass and then they just quickly jump them. It's a little irritating. There's no scope to this world. They, mm. You know, there's only numbers and facts that you're being told, you know, Oh, district two needs convincing. Let's get our asses over there. And you will go on this small set and convince like three people that it's a good idea. And then that, yep, that's a whole army. But anyway, she goes to this district hoping to like give a speech and inspire them. And these people come riding out on a train, and they're going to turn themselves over. Uh, we surrender. We're with you. And now one of them, oh, he has a gun, and then holds it up to her and is like, I'm going to – what? why should I not shoot you? And Jennifer Lawrence gives an amazing speech. It's actually the, some of the best acting I've ever seen her do. She's really good. Um, just talking about, like, not wanting to put up with any of this anymore. Like, yeah, shoot me. I don't have a good reason. 
wow, that should be a whole movie. <laughs> like, can we make a movie out of this moment? And no. Wait, but I feel like that is her. Like, I mean, that is the best way to use her passivity of her being like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be part. Like, she doesn't want to be part of the propaganda. She just wants to kill Snow and get out of there and go home. And that scene is using what you were talking about that she's feeling throughout the whole movie. I, I, I understand that that is the idea. That's what they keep telling us is the the fuel for this movie. But mm-hmm. you're they're running on empty. Like, it's... It's someone insisting that you're going to make it to your destination because you definitely have enough in the tank, even though it's red. Like, don't look at that sign. Just keep flooring it and we'll get there eventually. Yes, I agree with you that her motivations at this point are not enough. Like an hour and a half of the movie is spent the in this labyrinth of this, the capital um, trying to navigate all the what are they what do they call the booby traps? They have Pods. a name for everything. Pods. Pods. Well, I guess that's not too difficult, but it's yeah. still stupid. It's not super complicated, <laughs> but that's not interesting. It all looks the same. There's no variety. And these cities, the capital looks exactly like the other cities from part one that were destroyed. I was pretty impressed by the size of the sets that they built for some of these big things. Like there's a scene of a pod where like it's the, the black oil that kind of come chases after them. And that's a large, expansive set that they're working in. I, I really, I like the practicality of that. I mean, and then there's other parts where they're clearly running through like a Marta station in Atlanta. Right. right. No, that's, yeah, that's, it looked like the, um, the the subway station from Hannah, where yeah, uh, Eric Bana yeah, has a great t- fight scene. Yes. Um, where in this case, they have like lasers that disintegrate people, which is kind of cool. But like in these. But it all happens so fast. Yeah. In these little increments, it's it's fun. Um, but for long stretches where they keep talking about booby traps, keep talking about where they have to go. Or like, OK, we're going to hit another destination and talk about what's next. Um, you want more action, like a man. I don't necessarily want more action. I want more of a proposal of nature. I want more momentum, right? We want to feel her crescendoing to her final moment, which she never gets. Yeah, it's uh, so we can talk about the ending maybe soon, which uh, I agree is a problem. And But I think before we get into that, I think the thing that we both really agree on is that what this movie needs more than anything is a willingness to diverge from the book which I think has been a problem with a lot of book adaptations. Like, I think the Harry Potter movies had this problem. And the Hunger Games really had it because the final book of the series just really falls apart in the exact way that this movie made you frustrated, that made book readers frustrated, too. That's interesting. So why, yeah, why stick to it if if there was outcry i mean because there's like it's like well it worked, sure sure so let's do it although i so i can't speak to what happens in the final book i made it through the first hunger games tome and had to give up on the second because i thought it was pretty atrocious but um hmm. we walked out of the theater and i said man it's unbelievable that um the twilight series so bad from the very beginning could go out with such a bang, a two-parter, fantastic, so crazy, so nightmarish, so colorful and vivid and, and, and full of character, full of actual romance. It's really exciting. I can't believe that Breaking Dawn Part 1 and 2 are so fun. Fun. Violent and scary, but fun. And mm-hmm. this movie is so droll and so stale. Um, and I don't know why, like, it doesn't seem like anyone could take a chance with this. Uh, and the chances they do take always seem to lean towards the grave to lean towards the, the terrifying and the realistic, the gritty. Um, and yes, it's trying to make a point. It's trying to say that war is horrific and the decisions that we have to make in war, uh, will disturb the people who make them till the very end. Mm -hmm. And, and yet none of it seems to have gravity. It's just... 
Grizzly for grizzliness sake. I mean, did anything really move you or provoke you, make you think in this movie? Because it's clearly mm-hmm. intending to make you think, making me, I mean, think I about think the world. I think the politics of this movie are super muddled in like, I mean, because it's, it's not really making me think about the world because like, it's throwing around phrases like terrorist and refugee and like, like you're saying things that are really relevant to us now, but it's not, there's not really a coherent political view other than the like totalitarian government is bad. So there's not really like a level in which I'm thinking, but I do find, I find the Katniss Peter relationship moving. I find, I mean, there's a, really? there's kind of scenes of battle at the end. Like the very last kind of action scene you get in the movie, I thought was pretty effectively harrowing. The last action scene in the movie. I mean, we can get into spoilers. Yeah, we're, we're pushing right. against the edges here. I guess to wind down for anybody who doesn't want to hear spoilers for this movie, um, this is just another Hunger Games movie. There, it's an and they go back into a Hunger Game. I mean, kind of. They do. It's more running around trying to avoid getting killed, and this time Katniss actually shoots people with her bow and arrow. So I guess that's a bonus. But there's just so many <laughs> characters and so little relationship. It's it's shocking how underused every single person in this movie ends up being and how, I don't know, unfulfilled I felt when the credits start rolling. Yeah, I was very moved by the end of the Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. It was a triumph to have, uh, were there seven? Seven movies? Seven. I no, mean, eight. Eight. Seven books. Seven eight books, movies. eight movies. Okay. Um, that felt so different um but so reflective of that character as he evolved as he questioned as he learned um i don't feel like katniss changed at all in this four picture arc uh, mm. learned anything um and and the movies didn't change around her not that every movie has to look different not that someone like francis lawrence can't carry the torch a few times in a row and i mean clearly uh david yates did that uh, probably directed more movies than Francis Lawrence did. Uh, he did four movies. Yeah, there, there were just more Harry Potter movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and still, he felt challenged by each one. You can just tell from the filmmaking. And there's no challenge here. I think that's the hard part. Um, mm. I wanted something to grab hold of. And action and intrigue and plotting is not enough. Uh, so let's get into spoilers. Ring the spoiler gong. <laughs> So basically, the scene I was talking about that I thought did have emotional impact is when Katniss is getting close to the center of the Capitol, and there's all these refugees kind of surrounding her, and there's this fog of war that sets in where she's in the middle of this battle scene that's erupted without her knowledge. She's just trying to get to the main building so she can assassinate the president, but uh, she can't get there. She uh, watches her sister get blown up in an explosion, which is, I think, the thing that most fans of the book like really objected to. Like, why the fuck did that have to happen? It's so insane. Right. Um, but I did think that scene was really effective, but then it runs into the same problem where Katniss doesn't do anything in that scene. Like she's, she's basically just running like anybody else trying to get away from the bombs. And then she falls asleep and she wakes up in a hospital bed, which as you pointed out, she does three times over the course of this movie. That's, that's, that is that. I mean, part one ran into this problem too. Oh, we're going to the city. We're coming back. But yeah, to go back yeah. to the same kind of like framing of her waking up in a bed every time. They try and do something interesting in that moment because she gets blown back by an explosion and her dress is on fire. So, oh, she's yeah. the girl she's on fire. The girl on fire. Well, hey, remember that? Um, but it doesn't mean anything. It, that doesn't mean anything. No. Uh, and if it just feels like pulling the rug from under us, spending a whole movie about her plot to assassinate President Snow 
these like every every hurdle she has to jump to get there and in the end not allowing her to have some sort of confrontation where she either chooses to do it or not well she does she does choose to do it or not she chooses to assassinate president coin instead yeah but it's not her the culmination it's not the culmination of she has to be pummeled even more i mean it's it just seems like weird Plotting. It doesn't feel natural to the, the pace of the movie itself. This, I mean, the movie has no pace. Maybe that's yeah. why they think they can get away doing that. But No, I mean, the way that the, it builds and builds to this big final confrontation and then slows down in this insane way. She's like wandering around the big mansion and she talks to President Snow and then she's in another meeting and it's really nuts. And that's something that the book really falters on, that there's just... There would have been so much gain in them just tweaking this a little bit. Yeah. I just don't, I feel like there's not enough crazy diehard Hunger Games fans who would like protested this. And if so, who cares? Right. Like they're going to come see it anyway. But also like service the characters in some way. Gail's second to last moment is atrocious. He just gets hauled away by yeah. the stormtroopers or whatever they call them. Peacekeepers. <laughs> Peacekeepers, sorry. Um, yeah, he's just screaming, kill me. And that's kind of moving, but I want to see what's the next step. Like, what does she do about it? Why doesn't she go and save him? Or if she's not going to go and save him, that's pretty cold. She should be so determined that she's like storming through all these people to kill President Snow. How does she feel about all this? She's just standing on the sidelines staring at every moment. (laughs) I mean, even when bombs are dropping, Katniss is still just standing there. It's bizarre. Yeah. Um, But we, we should talk about... So, as you described, uh, she gets knocked out. She wakes up. Everything's okay. Everything's fine. The war yeah. is over. Um, I, the rebellion seemed very easy in the long run. Maybe she should have just stayed in the back. I don't know. A lot of people died. I mean, I'll, I guess a lot of people died, but who can tell? Like, I can't. There were no wide shots of other parts of the battle happening. There's no idea of the body count. We're, we're stuck in her POV um, in the underground with hanging out with Tiger Lady, uh, <laughs> which is a weird diverted too. Tigress. The Tigress, yes. Um, and then so she wakes up and everything's fine and she has this conversation with Snow where he's, you know, he reveals that, whoop, we, your, your team dropped the bombs on all the kids. Um, and again, I, I do feel like a lot of this movie is shaded by everything that's happened. Um, and and making a question about how radical things can be. What what is the line we we're talking about a line from the movie that really struck us, especially in the wake of everything about um, Oh, it's like it's easy to kill a president. You just have to be willing to sacrifice yourself. Yeah, that's really haunting. I really haunting. But but also it feels like it doesn't understand what that line means in the context of its own political game, of its own political musing, you know? Like it can't I, I go back to this, but it's not reckoning with any of this. It's not. So when, when Katniss decides, oh, I'm going to kill President Snow, um, President Coin. Coin, no, well, President Coin gives her the chance to vote on a new Hunger Games. No, wait, yeah. explain this to me, because this was a little confusing. So there's going to be a Hunger Games for just the people from the. From the capital, capital who children lived? did not have to be in the Hunger Games. Gotcha. Originally. Um, yeah. So that's all sorts of fucked up. And of course, yeah, super up. certain people vote on it. Um, oh, God, poor uh, Jenna Malone. I know. Really she shaved her head for this. Yeah, really interesting actress has some fun scenes uh, with Jennifer Lawrence. Nothing to do 
who is this character? Yeah, she's probably the most interesting like side character. She's just there movies. to stir up shit, which is fun, but serves no purpose. It's not part of this movie. It's such uh, like moving the pawn to to get a rise, like to have this particular type of scene function in and that exact moment. It's very irritating to see that kind of lazy work, um, design a character, throw away. You know, luckily they have a great actress like Jenna Malone, but yeah, very lazy. But anyway, they vote on the uh, having a new Hunger Games and oh, gasp. But Katniss is all about it. Um, and because she, she'll get a chance to kill President Snow. Okay, so I'm still confused <laughs> why that would be true. Is she going to be in this new Hunger Games? No, like she got like she wants to be the because she said that there was going to snow was going to be executed and she was like no I'm going to be the one who kills him. Gotcha. So as we've said, she ends up not killing President Snow. She fires an arrow into the heart of her new president, um, who has just taken over, who she supported for a very long time, who but who also she's been suspicious of. We, that's established. She's definitely suspicious. She learns that uh, Coin now is is it confirmed that Coin definitely dropped the bombs. Yes. By who? Well, because it well well because it was Gail's idea idea of like dropping a bomb and then dropping another bomb for the people who are trying to help out. Right. Gail feels very guilty about it, so you do assume that this is the truth. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she kills the sitting president that she just helped get there. Yep. That is screwed up. That is so, all so sorts of screwed that, up, and so I don't get that what book- that means in the context of the movie. Well, the way that the book sets this up is, like, she understands that to be a suicide mission. Like, she thinks she's doing this for the greater good. And really throughout all of the books, there's all these times of Katniss being like, and I was sure that I was dead. And then something happens where she's not dead. And, like, this is one of the things I'm talking about where her internal monologue becomes so irritating. So that's one of those moments where, like, she's doing that. She knows fully well she's going to die. I mean, you saw that she gets that, like, kind of cyanide capsule to be able to have as soon as that's over because she expects her to be killed. And then there's just, like, there's no reason that she wouldn't be like it doesn't make that's sense. the thing she should be thrown in jail forever yeah i mean what lesson are we what lesson do we teach people with this movie that like that this plot worked did this plot work yeah just go kill the sitting leader of a country if you disagree like is that the only way well it's the only way i thought so i'm just gonna kill uh, the, the president uh, because i can with an arrow you know we were walking out of this movie and i was saying that this movie should be about teaching kids. I was listening to a very interesting conversation the other day. Maybe it was on the political Gabfest slates show. Um, just about like worrying that young people aren't getting into politics, that we think of politicians as so evil that you would never want to be part of the political machine. And certainly the hunger Games solidifies this in some way. Hmm. Um, and, but what hunger games fails to do is what it has the opportunity to do. Uh, inspire people to actually become politicians. Why does Katniss not rise to this occasion? Now, I'm not trying to like rewrite this movie here, but you're waiting for her to make a smart decision, a, her decision, something a leader would do, not resort to violence, which based on the first movie, it doesn't seem really in her to just shoot an arrow into someone, no matter how bad they uh, are. I mean, she definitely proves herself like willing to fight for herself. I think she does kill people in the first arena. I mean, why doesn't she plant a second arrow in snow if she's so ready to plant an arrow in... That's an excellent question. ...in in the other president who has actually done a great service, something that she believes in, but... uh, Well, but the other president... The the means do not justify the ends. She's just establishing herself as another totalitarian ruler, which is what Katniss doesn't want. Right, but even not at that immediate moment. I mean, you see it happening. People can't avoid it, I guess. But the point is, 
what is the political message you send when you do resort to violence, when you do resort to assassination, when you do uh, say that that fucking with the system through terroristic means is actually a way to the end? Uh, I'm disappointed in this movie for not having a, a positive message. I really am wow. kind of dis- yeah. It's not. It is not very pro government. I'm, I'm disturbed by it, and I think there's an opportunity for Katniss to be a great leader, a great politician, perhaps, you know, uh, at the beginning of the movie, they talk about her. Oh, we could see you as the president. No, I couldn't. Not a, I'm not really a leader type. And the ending of this movie, since we're in spoiler territory, is Katniss and Peta raising a family, the Aryan family of their dreams, <laughs> uh, in, in the middle of nowhere, not thinking about anyone else but themselves. Yep. That's hugely disappointing to me. Both, you know, what I believe about the world, but also just yeah. as as a viewer of this film, um, that's not satisfying. That's not heroic. What's heroic? I mean, about what she chooses to do. Yeah, like what? Are, it's about what, survival. It's about her wanting to live her life on her own terms. And I mean, this movie, this entire series, like takes Katniss as the reluctant hero of Joseph Campbell and just has her be the reluctant hero the entire time, like. She's never really answering the call. She's just sitting, you know, surviving it one step at a time. <laughs> yeah, she's Luke Skywalker would be very disappointed. Uh, I well, I hope so because in my mind he has not changed, and there are no other movies. But um, true. Yeah, she, she's truly just spinning her her character wheel, and in yeah. one place. Um, yeah, hugely disappointed in this movie in this franchise. I get. I, I want to end on something positive, and I'm trying to think of what that should be. I like do Donald Sutherland. Jennifer, do you still think Jennifer Lawrence is uh, a good action heroine? Is she still no. a good model for people to be excited about? <sighs> I mean, not in this movie. Less and less do I. Th- I mean, I just. I guess I haven't seen her in something I've really liked in a while, mm. and and she's never really worked for me in this franchise. I mean, she can't. Oh, I've always liked her in this. She seems a little bored. I don't know, and and that's probably built into. Katniss's character, she doesn't want to rise and give the heroic speech. She doesn't want to, you know, even have an intimate conversation with Gail. Like, we're going to live. She's never positive. She never has something to bring to the table. Uh, Her romances are incredibly destructive. Her relationship with her family is totally detached and false. And yet she's mourning Primrose, even though, I mean, it's there's no no evidence that they're... She loves her sister. Like, that's always clear. Her mom is the one she has. There's a spinning hug shot. That's how you know they're... Spinning really hug. in love. Um, yeah. yeah, there's just so many interesting characters who could add more dimension to the story, and you never get them. Well, that's it for the Hunger Games. <laughs> uh, it's over. Hopefully- Unless, uh, actually, I think uh, your colleague Richard said that um, it's it's our last Hunger Games movie until the prequels. Yeah, I'm sure uh, until the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them of the Hunger Games universe, whatever that winds up being. Yeah, what is it going to be called? It's going to be called We're So Full. Let us take a nap. I convinced myself to make a killing nap to watch you win on the TV. Well, patches of 
just you and me, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Uh, what was this week's lightning round question? Yes, it was in honor of Carol, a movie I think we're going to discuss at some point, but obviously cannot do without uh, David. No, of course The number not. one Carol fan in America. And also Dave, who has seen the movie, and we're very excited to all four of us throw down at some point about Carol. But anyway, uh, our lightning round question is in honor of Carol. What is uh, what is the greatest last shot in a movie? Because yes, Carol has quite an exceptional um, last final final beat there. Uh, so there's a there's a lot of really good answers. Yeah, what do you what do you think in here? Um, I'm gonna go with a late breaking one that I like from uh, Liam Miller, who said, "Big night." Breakfast the morning after. I saw this movie like on a plane a while ago. Like for some reason it was in the programming and it's so delightful. And uh, I love the idea of having like a kind of one crazy night story and then just ending on the grace note of the next day. That was like one of the only movies my family owned on VHS. Oh, really? Yes. I don't know why. It doesn't seem like something. I guess Do they you, like uh, Have you ever made, what's what's the name of that crazy thing The big crazy pasta thing? thing? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, I have not. Well, actually, I've been in the presence of it being made. Oh really? Yeah. What? What, what with these, like uh... leftover pasta? Isn't that how you? Yeah, that's how I you guess make the so. junkie Timpano. Version. Yeah. I was like, I was gonna say, I wanted to say uh, bongo, and it was some kind of drum inspired name. Wait, you had one because we're down two people. You had uh, yeah, one sure. other. What was your original one that you were? Going oh, to and choose? I can't even remember. But let me look up uh, while you say yours. Okay. Uh, yes, I really wanted to pick at Delaney underscore David, who say who said uh, it's got to be kill list. Uh, clearly, he's correct, but I, I should be more uh, adventurous because obviously Kill List is wonderful. Uh, at the Josh L said uh, Beau Traviel, which is just a, a wonderful dance scene. But uh, really, really, multiple people said this, but I just saw that uh, at Jump Jordan Jump uh, gave us in GIF form, I might add, the final scene or the final bit of Enemy, the Dennis Villeneuve film starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, and I guess this is a spoiler, but it does involve a giant spider. I won't <laughs> contextualize, but it is pretty fantastic. I, I really enjoyed that I don't that even trip. like this. I don't even like that movie. And no? I like that last shot a lot. Well, there you go. Um, Redeemed. I think the other one you were thinking of was from, uh, Josh Oakley, who had just, uh, screenshotted the last shot of a separation, the, uh, Oscar Farhadi movie. That's really good and has a great ambiguous final shot. Um, but then there was some, I don't know. Oh, I no. You, you know, know what you were thinking of? Uh, at oh. Brad T. Simmons says zero dark 30. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because that we were debating good. if there was an American flag in that final shot. But and no, there's not. It's but just we were the straps. Thinking yes. That there was. Um, and then one other one other person stuck up for the top in Inception, which I also support. And then uh, someone else said John Wayne and the Searchers, which is such a great final shot that I can't believe more people didn't say it. And it's kind of really I feel like I see Searchers references in every movie. What is uh, that final shot? So that's John Wayne standing kind of in the frame of a house. Like he's uh, so it's a, uh, you know, starkly silhouetted and he's kind of looking out into the, uh, the vast West. And so he's kind of leaving society and uh, walking out into the West is him, you know, framed by a doorframe. You've seen this shot. You know what has a terrible last shot? Um, the Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. <laughs> Ugh, that movie. I just uh, I sent you this. Oh, I'm now looking at it. Skype, Thank you, so, Katie. None yeah. of none of our viewers can see this, but uh, well, Google the searcher's final shot, it's everybody. Quite Google all of these final shots. Spoiler alerts about. Uh, that does it for uh, this week's fighting in the war room. We'll be back next week, maybe talking about Carol. Finally, I hope. So you can maybe David will shut up about it after that. Please. But probably not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Patches, who are you in the meantime? Yes, I am Matt Patches. I am the entertainment editor of Thrillist.com. And I'm on Twitter at Mr. Patches. 
And uh, I'm Katie, and you can find me at VanityFair.com or on Twitter at Katie Rich, K-A-T-E-Y-R-I-C-H. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back talking to you next week. Bye.